Welcome to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. This show is created to put your skepticism of the unknown to rest and to make spiritual sense. Today on Go Beyond the Veil, we're excited to have paranormal investigator Ross Allison and parascientist Chad Goodwin on our show. Ghost hunter by trade and paranormal investigator by heart, Ross Allison has been involved in the paranormal field for close to 30 years. With 12 books under his belt and numerous appearances in various media outlets around the world, from TV's Ghost Hunters to George Norrie's Beyond Belief series, Ross also lectures throughout the U.S. and offers tours through his tour company, Spooked in Seattle. Chad Goodwin is an inventor, scientist, and nanomaterials engineer with nine patents in the energy storage space and others pending in the health and physical therapy sectors. Over the last 12 years, he has created many pieces of test instrumentation for research applications. He was contacted by Ross over three years ago to team up and apply both of their skills to find supporting data that suggests ghosts and specifically touch are real. Since joining Ross's team, he has become a parascientist in applying the scientific approach to researching paranormal activity. And together, they have already revolutionized the world of ghost hunting. The paranormal is defined as beyond the normal phenomena for which there is no generally accepted scientific explanation. It's not just ghosts that come under this definition, but a broad spectrum of categories comprising UFOs, parapsychology, and cryptozoology as well. All these categories combined come under the umbrella of metaphysics, the study of the existence and consciousness of the unknown. But what is the aim of these studies? Why do we examine the paranormal? The answer is, human beings have always been curious souls. Things from the beyond, ghosts and spirits, are an area of contention and deep interest to us. So while we attempt to study everything known and understand the why behind it, why not the unknown? Why not the paranormal? The study of paranormal phenomena is a must if we are to gain more insight into the human condition, both now and when we die. So stay tuned for more of this episode of Go Beyond the Veil, where we'll be discussing the paranormal and how our guests are revolutionizing ghost hunting. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more. Sakura SakuraSkinAndMind.com S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. What would it be like to deeply remember the secrets of your soul so that you can travel the unknown with confidence and genuinely sit back, relax, enjoying life without all the everyday worries? I'm Jen Dushin, a mystic mentor who guides you to align and amplify your soul's true mission. Get healing, clarity around your next steps, release unresolved guilt, agreements, and karma so that you can fulfill your purpose and reach your utmost potential while experiencing true freedom. Awaken the soul power within you today with me, Jen Shen. Learn more at jendushen.com. That's J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E.com. 
The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to this episode of Love from the Hip Presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Join us here on KKNW every second Wednesday of each month and every second Sunday on KBKW and also on Cape Town Zone Radio as we try to put your skepticism to rest and make spiritual sense. Today we have the pleasure of having paranormal investigator Ross Allison and parascientist Chad Goodwin on our show. Thanks for joining us today. It's an Thanks honor for having to be here. us. <laughs> uh, well, let's start with what was your first experience with the paranormal? <laughs> Oh, there's so many to list. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and have had the opportunity to investigate some of the most notorious places all over the world. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, always listing, you know, well, what is your favorite or what is the most haunted? You have to understand that with ghost hunting, it's all about being at the right place at the right time. Hmm. So even though I've been to places like the Amityville house, you know, nothing happened, you know, and that's one of the most notorious haunted locations out there. But, uh, I have some pretty amazing experiences. I'd have to say that one of my, everybody loves to hear my experience at uh, St. Louis University. Uh, As you guys had announced, you know, I lecture all over and I was doing a lecture at the college there. And uh, that is where the true uh, exorcist case took place. Fun. Yeah. So I got to, very (laughs) frightening. I got to investigate the campus and they actually took me to the building where the little boy had stayed in because the story is actually about a little boy, not a little girl named Linda Blair. And so I um, was taking the students around. We're doing this ghost hunt in this building. And I was the first to walk into this one room. And as soon as I walked into the room, I heard a crunch underneath my feet. And I looked down and I realized I had stepped on a dead bird. Mm. Now, me being in a lot of abandoned places, you come across dead animals every so often. So it was nothing surprising for me, you know, because this, you know, the area they had taken me to is abandoned. It's the fourth floor of this building. And so everything's, you know, just shut down up there. So seeing a dead bird was not a big surprise. So I just kind of kicked it off to the side. So no one else would step on it when they walked into the room. But then when I shine my light through the rest of the room, I realized this room is just filled with dozens and dozens of dead birds. Uh. Now, that was kind of interesting because I had already been through most of the fourth floor and had not come across any of these dead animals. But here's a whole concentrated section of all these dead birds in one room. And so I I had stepped clearly into the room. I'm standing in the middle of the room and I look over and I realize that no one else has come into the had entered the room. They're all standing at the doorway just in awe looking at me. And I'm just like, what's going on? You know, am I missing something here? And come to find out, this is the room that the boy had stayed in. Mm. Now, if anybody's not familiar with that case, um, the church actually believed that they could not perform a full exorcism on the boy in the church because this could possibly kill him. So they had actually moved him to multiple secret locations performing multiple exorcisms on him. And so I, I realized I'm now standing in one of the rooms where an exorcism had been performed. So, you know, creep factor's gone up a little bit. A little. <laughs> so I have some of the basic equipment that we, you know, use on an investigation for the students. And, and they finally come in and we're doing some readings in the room. And about five minutes into this, all of a sudden, all the equipment goes off at the exact same time. We're talking the temperature started to drop in the room. And now we can feel it getting colder and colder, almost to the point where I'm expected to see my breath anytime soon. 
EMF detectors going off like crazy, and we can't figure out what's causing the EMF reading. The compass is spinning around and around and around and around, and it will not stop. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I got to document this. I got to prove that this is really happening because the picture is not going to prove this. Right. So luckily my camera shoots in infrared video. So I switch my video over to, to camera mode and start filming in the dark. And I'm filming all the equipment going off. I'm filming the students and it starts to slow down a little bit. And so I realize, okay, before it completely stops, I want to try for EVP. Now, for those of people that aren't familiar with EVP, this is electronic voice phenomena. So these are voices that appear on our recorders that are not supposed to be there. So I start asking questions into the air. And I happen to ask the question, can you tell me whose room this is? Now, there's about 12 seconds of silence. And then I hear crying to the left of me. And I turn and I realize that a couple of the female students have started to cry because they're so terrified being in this room. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to admit, I'm a little uncomfortable, too, because I don't have my normal ghost hunting team with me. This is just a bunch of college students following me around. <laughs> so I realized, okay, safety first is always a big thing for me. So I said, you know, let's, uh, let's wrap it up, and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to come back on my own and do continue this investigation. Well, I didn't get a chance to go back that night, but when I finally finished my lecture tour and I got home and started reviewing all the evidence that I had collected, I got to that video. And I got to the part where I'd asked, can you tell me whose room this is? Now, I will edit this, uh, keep it PG-13 here, but basically the response I got was, F you, it's mine. Wow. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you top that? No. No, not at all. It's <laughs> a pretty good story on what happened there. Uh, mine was, I was in a hospital when I was younger. I ended up getting sick and having to go into an ER and um, while I was laying there, I had this uh, feeling that, like, my grandfather was there. And when I looked around the room, I couldn't see anything. But there was this, like, this image almost I couldn't see that he was next to me. And as I started getting better over time, you know, it was a little bit less. And when I left, um, over, it was like a 24-hour deal. When I left, as I walked out of the hospital, that feeling dis like disappeared completely. And I just couldn't figure out what that was. And so when he... Ross comes up and says, hey, you want to do this? Like, I'm really interested in trying to understand what was that? Like, what was that feeling that I had? And so that's, yeah. So not nearly as good as his. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but so I guess. It's I still early in your career. Give yeah. it some time. Well, I've had some pretty exciting yeah. stuff since. <laughs> that was, yeah, but that opened up your eyes. Um, do you think between that point and now you were a skeptic or you were always kind of open to that experience? I was kind of somewhere in between. Um, you know, being very scientific mind without the proof of data. So for me, it's hard to understand, is it real or not? But then when you start to experience the feelings, your body starts to pick it up as data. And that's what I started to realize. If I'm picking it up and I can feel it and then we can add data to it, then, you know. So as we went through our first documentary and we started to couple that, yeah, now that's what I want to do. I want to figure out what this is. Yeah, so I was going to ask, did you both go into paranormal research to either prove it or disprove it? Well, I think for me, it was the curiosity. You know, I grew up with a mother that loves ghost stories. Mm. So she loved to sit me and my sisters down and tell us, you know, her latest ghost story that she had read. And I was just fascinated with it. So it was that curiosity that rooted me into this fascination with the, the ghosts, you know, so... That is what really stirred me into it. And then as I continued on with that fascination, reading all the books I could get my hands on, you know, Hans Holzer, that kind of stuff, I realized I want to do this more. I want to <laughs> know I want I want to know if this stuff really does happen. Right. And throughout the years that I've been doing this, I realized there's something out there. You know, I I don't know what it is just yet. I I don't like to say yes, it's ghosts. Because, you know, as Chad will say, we need more data. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, with this journey with him, we just want to get the real answers or hopefully validate that there is ghosts, which would be nice. But there is something. There's something out there. Yeah. I mean, people experience it all through time. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, your firsthand, right? So it's like <laughs> something's going on there. And, you know, I mean, I... It's not about proving or disproving. It's really looking toward answers, mm -hmm. and it'll 
prove or disprove itself once we right. kind of get there. Well, I don't think it was an accident that your mother read you ghost stories as a child. No, and <laughs> it definitely started something. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you say you've been doing this for about 30 years. Yeah. And is there any type of like schooling or training or this is just all things that you've kind of learned and taught yourself over that time? Well, luckily for me, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of the big names that had been out there before me. Um, you have to understand that they stopped teaching parapsychology at the college courses uh, back in the 70s. Mm. You know, that's when a lot of the skepticism really put it into a, a lot of that. Um, so for me, that was an unfortunate event because I didn't, you know, by the time I was ready for college, I didn't have that option. Um, so I just pursued those individuals that have been doing this a lot longer than me and learned from them and took my, you know, training from them. And like I said, I picked up every ghost book I could find and learned from that and watched every, you know, show that, you know, back then, you know, was, you know, haunted history, you know. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no mass to pull off these people. <laughs> yeah. What about for you, Chad? How did you become a parascientist? Is that also something you go to school for? No, not at all. So I just, uh, applying science to the paranormal field, I, it seems like a good name for what it is. You it's know? a great name. And um, so I just kind of put that together, coined it myself, I guess. But I think it's good, and I think it describes what it is. And I'm hoping having that out there makes other people think a little more and want to strive toward that because people seem to you know, want to be ghost hunters or they want to be you know, whatever it is. And if we can get them to want to be parascientists and think like that, that would be really good. Yeah. To yeah, we're, we're fighting to bring that credibility back into the field. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it seems to be more focused on the sensationalism of, of the paranormal, the fear factor. I was going to say the fear factor. And, yeah. and I think, you know, we, we want to let people know that, yeah, ghost hunting can be exciting without all the, the chills and thrills. Mm-hmm. There's some exciting things, especially when you're at a level to, you know, like Chad, to bring in the science and say, hey, you know, it's exciting when you have somebody have an experience and you can prove it now with the data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's exciting. Yeah. And also we've talked about, you know, there's people that are using other instruments for ghost hunting right now. So it'll be interesting to also use some of that technology with new technology and try to understand the correlations between all of the different instrumentation people are using. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned this a little bit before, but I'm curious, what, what's your definition of a ghost? Well, I, I think we have to go with the most popular belief that it's the consciousness that continues on after the body has passed. You know, that we can have some sort of existence outside of the body. You know, is that being the soul, the spirit? Um, I, I, I like to go with that popular belief. Um so I think that would be my my first belief, you know, is there is something intelligent. As I was saying earlier, when you go in and you capture EVPs, you know, you ask a question and you get a direct response that shows there's intelligence. You know, when you ask it to do a simple task, you know, can you please open or close the door? And it does that, that shows intelligence. So there, there whatever's out there, it has intelligence in most cases. Mm-hmm. What's your theory, Chad? I don't know. I'm still building it. (laughs) I'm really still building it. That's a good Um, answer. You know, we've seen things happen where we've had endothermic reactions that have been picked up, uh, sound waves being, you know, sent back, showing distance. Um, We've had all kinds. He's had light. We've had all kinds of things happen. So I don't think, I'm thinking of the whole thing as it's somehow variable and multi-data. And then once I figure that out, then I'll tell you what I think. Well, and it would seem it would be variable because not everyone sees ghosts. And not everybody experiences it the same way. There's so many different ways people experience it. And that's what makes us probably the most interesting to me is that we're coupling the human experience with collecting data. Because that's the only thing we know is the human experience. We... Someday, I tell Ross, it'd be really great if we could set up, you know, some of the equipment and look for data and say, hey, there was something there. But until we know very clearly what those very types of instances and correlations are, we have to have the person there too. Yeah. Right. 
So it's really interesting to me in that factor. Well, I think what makes what we're doing more groundbreaking is the fact that the biggest problem we have in the paranormal field is it's all over the place. Um, it's a very diverse field. And no one's really focused enough attention on just one phenomena. And I think that's where we really need to focus our attention. Because if we can have a better understanding of just one phenomena, such as touch, then that becomes the root and helps us to understand the other types of phenomena. And I think that's one of the things that makes us more unique is because that is our goal. You know, we're trying to stay focused on touch. And that, like I said, with the data that we're collecting, just with that phenomenon alone, can help support other elements of the paranormal field. Yeah, and I, we're going to get into your docu-series later, but why do you think it's taken this long well, to I, focus on a certain phenomenon like touch? I think for right now, the biggest problem we have is media's involvement. You know, media likes the the um, the ratings of the, the fear factor. You know, that draws in an audience. People like to see people scared, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, just like people like to stop and look at an accident, you know? We, we have that curiosity. We, we like that thrill-seeking adventure that is out there when it comes to ghosts. And so that, unfortunately, has developed more of an entity that is more supported by suggestive evidence and more tools that play on the psyche rather than physical phenomena. And that is what we struggle with is because sometimes I wonder, is the audience too far gone? Mm -hmm. Are they wanting the bells and whistles that they see on ghost hunting shows? Or do they want the ones and zeros that me and Chad are providing? Yeah. I think it's uh, pretty interesting, though, if you watch a lot of shows, uh, 24 hours, you know, or any of these, the reenactment part, that's what really sets it to you, what crime or what happened, right? And by collecting the data, we're able to recreate and animate what we think is happening. So if you just want to see a, a, a light blink and some noise go off on a show, that's one thing. But if you really want to see what we think a reenactment is due to the data and how we visualize it, I think that makes it a totally interesting and different approach. I'm just curious, do you go back to the same place multiple times? And the reason I ask that is because I had heard a theory that you know, um, ghosts could potentially not be like a consciousness that's stuck. It could be a piece of a consciousness, right. like a, like an Residual. event. Like yeah, like, yeah, like an event happened and that mm-hmm. there's a piece of that person's consciousness that lives on experiencing that thing over and over. And so I'm wondering, have you gone back to a place multiple times and had something repeat itself? Yeah. When it comes to residual hauntings, uh, that is really why as my organization, a ghost, the advanced ghost centers of Seattle Tacoma, cause we do the ghost hunting as well. Um, we do uh, extensive uh, journaling. Journaling is so important when people are experiencing paranormal phenomena because it helps us determine, is there a pattern to the activity? If you can determine if there's a pattern, then that's going to tell you when's the best time to be there to try and capture that phenomena. So, yes, there is the residual hauntings. Um, So, yes, I have done quite a few investigations where we try to be at the, the right place at the right time to capture that. Got it. And when it's residual like that, does that mean that the, not that the, the ghost is not as intelligent, not communicating back and forth with you because they're stuck in that loop? Well, again, we don't have enough data to validate what is a residual haunting. Mm-hmm. You know, some people want to believe theory is that there is some sort of intelligence. It's just stuck in this loop. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that it's just a trap memory playing itself out over and over again. Now, I am a believer in the second because um, we find that there's a lot of cases where we ourselves, as we are still alive, can leave imprints behind. Um, you know, I've always said that, you know, you can move into a house and something traumatic happens in your life. And you were probably pacing up and down the hall trying to figure out how you're going to deal with this situation. But you got through it and you moved out of that house. You moved on with your life. Now somebody else can move into that house and they could be awoken in the middle of the night by hearing somebody walking up and down that hall. Mm. Now it doesn't respond to any type of, you know, questions or any in the environment, but you could be at that right place at the right time and record that walking going up and down the hall. And that's just that traumatic moment somehow 
being recorded into the environment. We don't know how it happens, but you yourself have left that you know m- moment trapped there. Yes, it's like the same way that a traumatic moment can live on inside of us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. potentially could live on in a physical space outside of us. All right. Physical memory. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a break, but everyone stick around for more Go Beyond the Veil. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A. SkinAndMind.com. If you are struggling in your marriage, just starting out in a new relationship or are single and looking to do better next time, geez, if I got great news for you. Hi, we're Tom and Stacey Bartley. We are the hosts of Love Shack Live, which airs on KKNW 1150 AM every Thursday at 1 p.m. PST. Yeah, come on over and join us. We'd love to connect with you over there. You betcha. We'll see you soon. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook as well as Instagram and check out our podcast on SoundCloud. Today, we have the pleasure of having paranormal investigator Ross Allison and parascientist Chad Goodwin on our show. Okay, I would love to talk a little bit about your docu-series, Parasense, The Naked Experiments. So why did you guys create it? (laughs) Well, um, it all started after a uh, young man living in uh, Northport, Washington, was um, working in an abandoned uh, brothel or a place that used to be a brothel at the time, and he was upstairs doing some repair work, and he was alone when something groped him. Mm. You know, and of course he contacted me and, you know, was telling me about his experiences in in this old brothel. But when he told me that story, it, it wasn't the first time I had heard this. I had heard numerous cases where people are touched in positive and in negative ways. But the challenge was is you just kind of have to take them for their word. You know, it's such a personal experience. How do you say no or yes, that did happen to those individuals? Mm -hmm. So it really got me thinking. I was just like, well, you know, it'd be nice if I could validate those experiences. But how would you do that? And so I started to, you know, for the past six years, I started to come up with these experiments and, and trying to validate these encounters. And it was getting some interesting results. But um, it was still very limited. And and I've always been more scientific in my approach in trying to validate these encounters. So I wanted to up my, you know, research, 
And I, I realized, well, it'd be nice if there was somebody in the scientific field that, <laughs> you know, could help us. But a lot of people in the scientific field don't want to touch this stuff, you know, because they're afraid it might, you know, tarnish their, you know, credibility, which I don't blame them because paranormal's gotten a bad rap, sure. you know, unfortunately. So I, I had actually met Chad because he was doing a uh, talk radio show himself. Um, and so we had talked and we really hit it off. He was a great guy. He had all these, as I was telling him, all these great ideas I wanted to bring into the paranormal field. He was bringing his ideas. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to get him to do this. <laughs> and then he just disappeared. Oh. Yeah. Life, you know. <laughs> so I, I thought I'd give him a try you know, again. And I thought if anything, if he, he can't help me, maybe he can give me some some ideas because the biggest surprise for me was that no one has ever tried to prove this. No one's ever tried to prove touch because I searched and searched through history, through books, just to find some ideas of what they'd done in the past for inspiration. Right. And there they was nothing out there. There was nothing out there. So I was starting from the ground and working my way up. And when I reached out to Chad, uh, I'll kind of let him take yeah. over because this is his side what, of the story. What did you say when he asked you? Well, you know, <laughs> I receive a random phone call after some time had passed from him. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And pretty much the first words were, if, you, if someone was going to be, if somebody was touched by a ghost, how would you prove that? And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Fired off a couple ideas. And then he told me what he had going on. And I said, yeah, I'll come on. I'll check it out. And then he said, oh, but wait, the subjects are naked in the space. And I was like, whoa, what are we doing here? Uh, and then as he explained it more to me, it became clear the body had to be that first beacon before we could add the data. Yeah, so the nudity just made sense. Yeah, what we were trying to do. but at first it was a bit of a shocker. I'm like, wait, you want me to come in and do this stuff and be on film? And his comment on the scientist thing was a little bit real because – I have to go then tell my friends, hey, I'm going to go also ghost hunt science. And, and But what I was actually amazed was there was a lot of people that supported it. They mm. just wouldn't be the ones to go do it. Yeah, so who was the guinea pig? Who was the guinea pig? Well, <laughs> it's me to some degree. <laughs> well, that was the, the amazing part is like, you know, I had somebody in the field that was open-minded enough to at least – observe what we were doing. That's basically all I was asking him to do. Come check it out. You know, check out these experiments I'm doing. Observe, you know, give me some ideas. That's, that's all I was mm -hmm. looking for. Ideas, what we could do to advance this. And on, we took him to Northport where that young man had had the experience of that brothel. And, you know, we, he starts to watch everything that we're doing and he's like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. So he got naked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a scientist. Yeah, right? I had to know. Well, you we had to. we had a couple other people have experiences, and so I wanted to be the third data point to start the trend. Like, and I also have to know either what I think I'm looking for in science, or know what I'm looking for. And I'd rather know what I'm looking for than think I know, right? Yeah. And so I jumped in and and did it. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting experience. So what happened? Well, yeah. yeah. First, first off, <laughs> why why naked? Well. Obviously, if you're going to try and prove touch, you have to see how it affects the body in multiple different ways, whether it's temperature, whether it's pressure. Um, so obviously, you want to see what's happening to the skin and the muscles. And if people are wearing clothes and they feel like they've been touched down their back, anybody in the scientific field is going to go, it's contaminated. Yeah. You have mm -hmm. no proof there. Somebody was wearing a shirt. It could have been the shirt. It could have been the jacket. It gets what dismissed. proof do you have? And they're just going to roll your eye, their eyes and, and walk away from you. So nudity really did make sense if you're trying to validate those experiences. And then plus, you have no clue where the ghost is going to want to touch you. You know, if you're going to go into a brothel and the brothel was, you know, our first starting point. Well, obviously, there was a lot of naked people there, you know. Mm -hmm. So why not just open it up and, and see where this is going to take us? And then also, too. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the skin is the largest organ, you know, it is the most sensitive part of our body, you know, and so that really opens up a lot of these experiences as well, because for, our, for all we know, ghosts have probably been trying to touch us a lot of times and we just don't feel it because we are wearing clothes. Or we're not paying attention. Or we're not paying attention. Yeah. yeah. 
I so, agree. So can you? Can <laughs> no, you, but I think yeah. more than that, though, too. Uh, it, when you're actually in the space and it's dark, I mean, it's dark. If you look when you look on the data sets that are in, it's one zero lux, no light, and you're you don't have any clothes on. You don't know what's going to happen to you, but you're trying to create a situation where something happens. You kind of go into a fight or flight mode inside a little bit. Um, I don't know how. There was a lot of times I was sitting there and I was just like breathing really shallow, and I'm like, "What is going on right now?" So that feeling, I too, or that feeling too, I think helps people experience and say, "Hey, I think something's going on," and we can try to add data. And as you try to go into this field, obviously you're trying to, you know, prove or disprove. And one of the the many theories out there is, you know, is this just all psychological? Do mm-hmm. we basically haunt ourselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so by putting people in those situations and monitoring them, that will help to kind of differentiate what seems to be happening, you know, with the data and the physical body. Mm-hmm. And so you're keeping the consistencies. Exactly. Yeah. So when, when I first saw what he was doing too, you know, when I walked in there, I didn't know what to expect, how he was going to set it up, what he was going to be doing. And that was really the first point of entry for me was to make sure that he said he was taking a scientific approach. Was he actually doing or trying to do that? And the way everything was set up, the way they were rooms collecting information, it was good. So it was easy to just add to it. So were you touched? Yeah, yeah. What was your experience? <laughs> yeah, it was. A, we're all waiting. It, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> I, you know, the first the first time we did it, a lot, a lot of people were talking about the sensation across their chest and across their body. And when I was sitting there, I noticed that. I noticed this sensation. It was cooling, but it didn't feel like it was cold. Like not all of my body was cold, but just specific sections. And we had some other instruments plugged in and it seemed to show that something could have been happening at that time and i was just blown away when we got done with that i was like i'm so jazzed up to go make machines and see what this is (laughs) and uh and i think that's really we talked about it on the way home and it was uh, yeah well i think you know what he was talking about too is the technology that we were using allowed us to read the emf field around individuals yeah and we found that whenever there was some sort of disruption, like if somebody came up behind them and touched them, these black masses would show up in the, on the camera. Mm-hmm. And this had never been used for the paranormal field. And so I wanted to test this out and see, okay, well, what if the person touching you is invisible? Is that gonna give you the same results? And sure enough, during our experiments, that was happening. Yeah. When these subjects were feeling touched, we could see this black mass showing up. And we did control, you know, readings before, you know, and it was perfect. You know, when they did their readings, it was perfect. And then now to have Chad witness this, because he was involved from the beginning to the end, and he knew we weren't messing with him. Mm-hmm. So to to have him sit there as a subject and then feel the sensation of being touched and this black mass was showing up on the cameras, it was just like, Okay, Chad. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it was. I was. I thought it was awesome, which led to me pushing that further at Brushy Mountain, and uh, there was an equipment failure, and we're kind of in between uh, some experiments. And I was playing around with it, and Shannon was playing with the computer, uh, and who brought that equipment? And I had my hand on there, and I could see this stuff coming. So I started antagonizing uh, when I guess I shouldn't have been, and ended up getting physically interacted with and there was an audible sound and I actually got scratched and we were able to like catch all capture all that because all the cameras were rolling which doesn't we didn't you know data showed something came up something was beside me and I got scratched so pushing it was not the best idea (laughs) don't do that at home I guess it worked but but don't do that it's all for science Chad did you feel it right away no, the sound is what caught me first. I heard the audible sound. and It was like a static snap. Yeah, it was like a static snap. So, and then I was like, oh, my neck. But I didn't, but only because I heard it like right here. And when Shannon came around, at first I didn't feel anything. But she basically said she could see it start to get reddened up a little bit around it. And then I could start to feel the pain. So why is that? Why didn't you feel it right away? Why do you think? Okay, so here's my here's what I think it is. When you so when somebody hits you, there's a pressure 
And that pressure is what picks up in your brain first. And then the pain comes behind. So there was no pressure. All I had to do was wait for the pain response. And were you egging on a particular spirit in mind? Just anything in there. I was bad prison talking. I've learned one thing working with this guy. Never make him mad. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say so. (laughs) Well, with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone stick around for more Go Beyond the Veil. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Peach Fuzz is great. If it's on a peach, let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Today, we have the pleasure of having paranormal investigator Ross Allison and parascientist Chad Goodwin on our show. So, Chad, I, first I have to ask you, were you scared? Yeah, a little bit. I was traumatizing when you get, when that happens, for sure. Uh, the whole experience, while we were in the filming, seemed great, right? We're just running around, things are happening. Oh, man, this is cool, something happened. Afterwards, the flight home, I started internalizing and thinking about the experiences. I had an experience with some kind of, an entity there. I had the scratching. I watched other people get in it. Actually, kind of messed me up. Yeah. Uh, I got emotionally a little bit upset for a couple of days. I was jumpy at home. I'd hear things moving around the condo and I'd be like jerking around, wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if you guys clear your energy. How did you? Well, do Shanna, that? Shanna helped me out. Um, she was able to help me out with that a couple of times because we just had to make sure. But I had one very, um, an instance where I didn't even feel like myself. And that was the first time that she had uh, performed Reiki and done a few other, all of her magic on me. <laughs> and what does that mean? What do you mean when you say you didn't feel like yourself? So there was, yeah, <laughs> it was, so it was our first night in D block filming and I started the antagonizing thing there, which I should have known for the second night. <laughs> and there was just a, something like snap. And I just felt like I didn't fit inside my body. There was something wrong. I got a headache I was having like race thoughts. And then that night when I went to sleep, I had murder dreams. Mm. Like I was murdering people. It was very vivid. Oh my God. And by that next morning, Shanna was like, well, you know, let's get to the thing we have. We, we were on a tight time schedule 
And as we came around the corner and saw that prison, it was like the screws just tightened up on me. And we had to take care of it that morning. And then as soon as she did the magic, that's all <laughs> I can call it really right now, it, it was gone. Everything went good. And we shot the rest of the shot the rest of the documentary. So you guys might need to do some more exorcisms on set. It, possibly. It, it just was amazing that I didn't <clears throat> expect that. Can I ask you, when you were talking about human touch and why, or I'm sorry, paranormal touch, why you think that happens, do you also think it's possibly due to us colliding with their energy field? If you're talking about paranormal existing in consciousness, do you think that's just a like a bump into them, essentially? I guess it depends. It could be situational. What happened to me, I don't think I bumped into anything. That cab wasn't moving. That thing it was came intent. to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm certain if the field is moving around space and we can't see it and it can only interact or possibly understand where we are at any given time limited, yeah, we could easily bump into each other. Well, one thing that I do want to bring to the table is, you know, another amazing factor that uh, me and Chad have been able to accomplish is tracking the phenomenon. You know, just with the, the system in that for his, you know, experience that he had when he got scratched, and another situation that we recorded as well, not to say too much, you won't give everything away, <laughs> but uh, you could actually see that something comes in, approaches them, and then leaves. Mm. If this was psychological, you would think that you would be throwing it out there and then it coming back. But it's that's not the case. Something came to him and then left. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't have enough sensors, so we're going to build more. And by the way, this whole system is built on Ross's initial um, experiments, uh, the Spectre system. Say it, Ross. I never. Special Paranormal Environmental Computer Tracking Research Equipment. Yeah, that just <laughs> wow, that. ties me up. I can't say that. I don't know. I love sitting say with it ten times fast. Yeah. like me. <laughs> so we made it. We took that. We expanded it. But now we know we have to expand it more because we could only see directionally front, back, side to side. And we don't know if it came into the space and left and at what angles. So that's the next drive is. How can we map it around a space and see if it's moving constantly or it just appears and disappears? Hmm. Wow. So are there other senses we can use to detect ghosts besides sight and touch? I'm imagining, right? I mean, it's the, the human experience could be Well, if you take wide. the human experience out of it, we've are already been able to prove that there is some sort of force coming towards individuals and leaving. So... That right there, when you have somebody saying, oh, I was touched at that exact moment, that's groundbreaking you know, research right there. But I, I, but I also think that depending on what that is, if it's ionizing air, if it's doing something like this, you'd be able to taste it. You could smell it. You could mm -hmm. possibly hear it. Yeah, you mentioned that you heard the... Right, the so the, I think there's scratch. all... And, and when you walk into a space and it smells familiar or weird to you, you know, that could be something. But we're so used to everyday sense using those things that... We don't think about it as a special. Or it has a smell that might not make sense. For yeah. That you're medication. like, wow, that, that stinks, right? What is that? <laughs> musty. It's musty in here. Yeah. I think right. the biggest problem we face now is, you know, society is not so observant anymore. Mm -hmm. We're distracted, especially, you know, with our cell phones. Even during COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that right there is we need to get people to be more observant, to be aware of their surroundings. And so when you put them in a haunted room naked and alone, they're going to be a little more observant. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say is your ultimate goal with your docu-series? Answers. Yeah. That, that, that has always been our focus since day one, at least, you know, with me and then, you know, bringing in Chad is this, I just want answers. I want real answers as to what's going on. And I want to get other people involved. Uh, you know, when you do something like this, I think it'll inspire other people to want to go out and collect data and I want to help them, and I want to talk to them. People have spaces that they go to that they don't let other people in or they know of. They don't talk about it. And those are the things we need to get to, to really real people having real experiences, figure that out and work yeah, with Yeah, if them. we can get more people involved, the, the biggest problem we have in the paranormal field is, as I was saying, it's right place, right time. Right. And we, me and Chad don't have the access to all these places and, and getting out there all the time. So if we can get more people to get us that data we'd have the answers a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. So you're more interested in proving that something is happening than figuring out what it is? Well, it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both, yeah. yeah. Once you have the idea of what's happening, then they'll 
prove, you know, there's something. Yeah, once we can start to correlate different data points, we can look at what those data points really mean. Yeah, it'll start to put like paint a picture. Yeah. Exactly. So can you share with our listeners where the next filming location is? Well, I can tell you we are going to be filming at the end of this month at a hospital and a brothel. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds the hospital one I'm a little creeped out on. I'll admit that uh, for sure. And who's the guinea pig? Have you have do you have your guinea pig already? We have a few subjects. We're always looking for more. Got it. I don't know if we'll put Chad out there again, but it's, he, ex- it's up to him. If it's an exciting enough space, you never know. I might <laughs> jump back in. Curious what the definition of exciting is for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I also have to ask you, if someone has a ghost in their home, do you guys bust ghosts as well? Um, my group, a ghost, yeah, we, we go in and we try to document phenomena. We're not ghost busters, uh, but we try to have a better understanding of what seems to be happening on these properties. So if anybody is experiencing anything paranormal, you know, reach out to a ghost at a ghost.org. Wow. That's awesome. So what do you two wish for the future of ghost hunting or paranormal research? I really just hope that, you know, people take this seriously and, uh, <clears throat> you know, these, it's really and I'm not putting this down because this is fun. Go out into a space, take something with you, see if it goes off, experience it. But what I really hope we're doing here is inspiring people to really take it seriously, to have skills, that do these things to go out and build equipment or contact us. I mean, the equipment that we're building, I wouldn't say to me is super complicated compared to some of the things I built because we're just data collecting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want people to go do, just data collect. That, that was the biggest surprise for me is something so simple – um, it's taken so long to get this far. You know, I've been doing using the Spectre system that I had put together for about 20 years. And even as I watched all these ghost hunting shows, no one was doing this. Hmm. And I'm just thinking, why not? They've got the money to do it. This all came out of my personal pocket. I didn't have the big funds, you know? Yeah. And when you see millions of dollars going into the paranormal field through media, it's just like, why have we not advanced? Maybe yeah. we weren't ready. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so how can our listeners learn more about both of you and also watch your docuseries? I'm the parascientist on Instagram. That's probably the place I go to and I have the most posts of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we did as well. Um, yeah. And then uh, you can always find me on Facebook, Ross Allison Ghost Hunter. Yeah. I, I keep that up to date and do live investigations. Also, you can check out A Ghost or Spooked in Seattle. I do public ghost hunts uh, through that. And uh, also, you know, if you want to check out Parasense, go to scarenetwork.tv. Amazing. Thank you guys so much yeah, for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. thank you for having us. I'm not too scared, are you? I want to sign up to go on a yeah. tour or a ghost hunter. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you're going to be naked in their next Oh, uh, well, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again. And thank you to Eric, our amazing producer, KKNW, Timber Country, and Cape Town Zone Radio, as well as you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe and like our podcast. Go Beyond the Veil, anywhere you can find podcasts. Love the show? Let us know. Follow us and like us on Facebook and Instagram and tell your friends. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. You can find me at roryreich.com. Tune in every second Wednesday of each month here on KKNW at 2 p.m. Every second Sunday on KBKW and on Zone Radio for more. Go Beyond the Veil, where we we make make spiritual spiritual sense. sense. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U. U-R-A, skinandmind.com.